and welcome to the Automation Conversation podcast, the official podcast of Birmingham Tech Week, brought to you by Spherica, an automation-first managed service provider, and Synaptech, an innovative intelligent automation business. The series will feature insights, engaging conversations, and some challenging questions designed to help simplify the complex topic of automation. Each episode will be hosted by Carl Nicholson, Chief Information Officer at Synaptech and winner of this year's Birmingham Chamber of Commerce Future Faces of Technology and Innovation Award. He'll be joined by a host of fantastic guest speakers to engage you in the automation conversation. Thanks for joining. Over to you, Carl. Hello, everybody, uh, and welcome to the latest episode of the Automation Conversation podcast. In today's episode, we'll be discussing why business process automation is key uh, as a customer service advantage and differentiator uh, in today's business sectors. So with the pandemic having changed consumer behavior faster than anyone could have ever predicted, over 50% of customer interactions are now fulfilled via digital channels. And Gartner predicts that this will reach over 80% by 2025. So the question every organization needs to be asking itself right now is whether its long-term technology strategy is really equipped to meet this ever-growing demand for digital services. I'm going to use the Amazon example. Other mail order providers are available. Um, you know, there was a time I remember, gents, I'm sure you do as well, where you'd order something on Amazon, books as it was back then, and about a week later it would turn up, and we thought that was pretty magical at the time. Uh, now, if it takes more than about 12 hours, we're upset. And I think that's a great example or, or to show how, you know, customer experience changes and the bar is always moving up. So without further ado, uh, I'll introduce today's two guests. Firstly, we've got Stuart McCracken, who works for the Rail Delivery Group, who's heading up uh, the Smart Card Central Service. And I'll let you explain what that is in a second, Stuart. Thank you very much for coming today and hello. And secondly, we've got Steve Jennings, who is the Managing Director of Spherica, who's an automation first IT service provider. Hello, chaps. So, Stuart, let's start with you. Uh, what's what's your role and what's it all about? What is Smart Card Central Service? Uh, well, first of all, hello, Carl. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Sounds like an interesting discussion topic. Uh, so look forward to this. My role at the moment, obviously, uh, you know, there's multiple ways to buy tickets in the UK rail. Uh, and I look after one part of that, which is the smart card element. Um, so several million passengers before the pandemic using smart cards to purchase their train travel. Thank you very much, Stuart. And hello. Uh, and Steve, a little bit about yourself. Hello, Carl. Hello, Stuart. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so Steve Jennings, I'm the Managing Director and co-owner, co-founder of Spherica. As Carl said in his intro, Spherica is a, an IT managed service provider uh, with a very strong automation-first ethos and capabilities. And, and, and my role specifically these days, as uh, we've grown quite a bit over the last few years, is really to sort of hold the sort of the vision and direction of the company and ensure that we are holding ourselves to account in terms of what our ethos and, and the direction of the company um, as, it, as it goes forward. So so that's me, Cole. Thank you very much. What we're going to do, gents, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to pick one of you uh, and direct a question to you and we'll see where it takes us. So the first question I have on my list, Stuart, is for you. And it's all about consumer behaviour. So thinking about consumer behaviour, and how it's changed, how does that impact the way that, you know, we need to think about delivering customer experiences in 2021 and beyond? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a, it's a good question. I'm not sure it does totally change how we should be thinking about the direction, but it certainly has accelerated what many people are already thinking 
which is obviously we need to be looking into more digital areas. I think the, the stats that you've got there around the pandemic are how many interactions we used to have in the physical sense versus how many interactions we now have digitally. So I think it really is more of an acceleration into that digital world. And over the last 18 months, I think you know a lot more people have become a lot more tech savvy, uh, quicker than expected. For example, this podcast you know, all the Zoom calls we're doing, all the video calls everybody's doing um, really has accelerated that journey. And if we're going to be serious about looking after customer experience, I think we have to be on that on that journey as well. And indeed, maybe ahead of that journey. OK, thanks. So to Steve, so with that in mind, how do we as businesses kind of create that customer experience without ever meeting the customer face to face? And I guess that's very relevant in IT managed services. It is, Cole. I mean, if you think about um, what, uh, what we do, that's Ferrican in terms of IT managed services, we are, we are there uh, to deliver services to the end user, the people at the end of the chain who consume IT services. We're also there to de- uh, deliver services to, you know, to the business in terms of ensuring systems are maintained, uh, stay up, you know, there's some kind of resilience there. And, and, and in those scenarios, we've, you know, uh, I mean, some years ago now, we, we started to move our business and, and, and our offerings, if you like, towards IT automation and, and the ability to automate what we think are, are, are largely standard processes are around a, a number of areas, which is the, the, the user experience itself. Yeah, uh, it's interesting in, in, in your intro when you, when you mentioned about Amazon, it's always been a long-held observation of mine. Some years ago, and it's quite a few years ago, probably predates you, Cole, and, and, and perhaps most people uh, listening to this, um, but the IT experience at work or, or that, that almost customer experience that you had at work in relation to technology was much better than it was at home. Yeah. In other words, you went to work to get good technology, IT service and stuff like that. And of course, that changed uh, at some time ago. So so when you look at, uh, at Amazon, the example you, you gave, the fact that you can now order something uh, first thing in the morning and it comes same day. That, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Do we get that uh, at work in terms of our IT services? Our very, very few organizations do. Um, and we've always thought that, that, you know, if we apply our technology, what we know about technology, and we've got some very clever people inside the business, to the problems of slow de- delivery and unreliable delivery, um, you know, we, we can sort of almost sort of transform that end user experience, um, you know, through faster delivery of IT services. The potential even, I, I guess, that call. I'd be interested to see what Stuart thinks about this because I know uh, in his area of business and in previous lives he's dealt with things like contracts and, and SLAs. But the ability to 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 to, to smash through what uh, SLAs that that actually have been in place for for, for years and years, we still uh, see contracts where you get two days, three days, five days even to deliver an IT service to somebody. Now, as the service provider, you think, oh, that's great. We've got five days to, uh, before we breach an SLA or something like that. But you think about the end users uh, uh, themselves. And going back to that point about, you know, when they go home, they can get same-day delivery from Amazon. And we as an IT provider inside a business are going to make them wait five days to, to get a bit of software, that, that you know, that kind of thing. So we think IT automation in, in, and in terms of the customer experience is hugely powerful. We can deliver 
uh, we get if we get it right, we can deliver services at uh, you know at speeds unparalleled, and we can do it in a in a, in a very reliable way. Um, and you have then things you know that things such as you know the potential for greater assurance, things around security, the automation of patching and and security updates, compliance, all that kind of stuff. And I think the, the direction for things like uh, uh, digital and, and and our ability to automate on the back of digital platforms and digital transformation projects has a huge uh, potential benefit for all organizations. And, and I think, you know, again, to touch on something that was mentioned earlier, post-pandemic, I think those, those, uh, those, those realizations are now front and, and or, or foremost and front and center in lots of boardrooms around the country. Okay, well, let's explore that a bit then, shall we? So there might be people watching this podcast thinking, this is great, this sounds great. That's the type of customer service experience I'd like to deliver within my organization. So this is a question for both of you. It was Bill Gates who said, automation applied to an efficient operation will magnify the efficiency, but automation applied to an inefficient operation will only magnify the inefficiency. So how do organizations who are listening to this podcast avoid wasting their time and money automating a process that is already what we would term a bad process? Where would we start as an organization if we wanted to kind of apply some of this tech to our businesses? So uh, for me, I would I would say you're, you know, you, you're right there. The, the, one of the challenges with automation is that you can literally go after you know, nearly every area of your processes. Um, so you, your field of opportunity is always going to be wide, but with that, actually, you know, how are you going to pinpoint down um, to where you can get most benefit for your book? Now, I would suggest that to, to overcome that challenge of, of, you know, not automating uh, inefficient processes, actually just focus on the ones where you know to start with that you can have most benefit. But I think you, you do have to go into these sort of projects with your eyes open and recognize that actually this isn't just an automation project. This is going to be you know, a business process change project as well. And you need to, to, to make sure that you've got the two objectives in mind. Um, nobody wants to automate a process that you know, isn't working in the first place. But I would say as a, as a sort of, you know, uh, leader of, of my area, um, quite often I think people know where their processes are good and they know where their processes are, are weaker. So you can actually use that to help you focus on the areas where you want to start your automation. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Stuart. I think, I, I think you could possibly even take a, a sort of step back and say, well, you know, should we automate uh, a particular process? But there is always a... You know, there's an effort required to automate anything, right? Even if we've got, you know, uh, uh, you know, great tools and we've got great platforms and, and you know, we've got low-code platforms and stuff like that, there's still an effort required. Um, and I'd been looking at it almost on a sort of value basis, you know, so, so you can, you know, um, fairly obviously, you can look at an automation and say, okay, can, can I put a value on that? What am I going to save? What am I going to benefit from? So, so I, can, I probably know the cost of doing it. Um, so you know, my, my development teams might say, well, that's going to take 10 days to do. Um, and if I can then say, well, actually, us automating that process can potentially save us time. Yeah, um, we, we may be able to put a value to that. I mean, if that value is sufficient, then it's worth doing. Um, because some processes, there will be sort of only, if you automate them, potentially only sort of marginal gains. But the effort required, and certainly the more complex the process, um, to automate it in the first place can be quite significant. So I think that would be my starting point. But 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 one of the 
the other area, and I'm sure we've all seen this, and and, and I we've seen it uh, in in Sverica sort of firsthand, and and you know sort of anecdotally is a lot of processes, um, and 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 this isn't just small businesses; it's big businesses as well. A lot of the processes that are in place today are actually they're almost workarounds of, of of because of limitations of platforms and systems they had years ago. So uh, they developed a process that works around the fact that, that multiple systems or two systems don't speak to each other. Um, and I can think of one sort of anecdotal example that uh, I was told by one of our colleagues, a company by the finance director, um, every Friday uh, afternoon, um, uh, effectively dumped all the key financial data out to Excel, uh, manipulated uh, uh, that data over the weekend, and then on the Monday came back and imported it into another system to, to then produce some output. Uh, and of course, you've got to look at that and go, right, well, with good systems and smart enough people, you can pretty much automate anything. And you can automate that uh, you, that process even through the Excel bit. But the question would be, does that make sense to, to automate? So that is a an example to me of, a, of a, an inefficient, poor process um, that actually has, has been designed, if that's the right word, around limitations of previous systems. And of course, technology has moved on. So now maybe we could look at that process and say, actually, but can we miss, can we miss out the middle bit? Can we lose a step? Can we, um, you know, can, can we uh, whatever the process is? Can it's got four approval stages in it? Do we need four? Can we have three? So I think we should always look to see if the, if if we can define a process. But going back to uh, before we automate it, going to what, back to what Stuart says, you know, I, I think absolutely it's the, the the people who do these things on a day to day basis feel the frustration. They're perhaps in a great place actually. To, to highlight key areas for automation. You know, you don't always need uh, business process mapping systems and business process analysts to point out that, 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 a, that a process is inefficient and can be improved. Instinctively, a lot of us uh, uh, know how to do that anyway. So, uh, yeah, and I think another point that, that I would be looking at, are we replicating data in this process? Because that's another side effect, I think, of, of systems and platforms that don't integrate, don't talk to each other. We take data from one place, we put it somewhere else, and now we've got two copies of it. Then we're going to change one, we're going to put it over there. Um, and, and all the issues around compliance and, 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 and security that you get with that, and, and that's hugely inefficient, of course. Um, so, so, so can we apply better technology? Can we look at things like iPad, you know, integration platforms that, that, that sit in the middle and, and, and actually can manipulate the data without taking it from anywhere and putting it somewhere else? So... There are a few questions you, uh, I personally would advise anybody to be asking before they launch off trying to automate processes. Um, and and that I think most processes can all, you know, uh, 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 or, or, or a lot of processes um, can be approved on before the automation even starts. I think that's, that's some very good advice from both of you there. And to, to build on something Stuart mentioned, you know, see this as business change because it is. And you kind of touched on it as well, Steve, in the sense that, it's not just about automation, is it really? That's just a tool in the toolkit. It's about why do we run that report every yeah. Monday? Why is it emailed out by the FD? And all those sorts of questions that you can ask yourself. And if you're going to build a process or a new digital process around delivering that reporting, you know, could it be on demand? Um, does it really need yeah. to be sent by the FD? And all those sorts of things, you know, yeah, could exactly. it be a team spot? Yeah. And that, to me, when you start to make those big decisions, uh, I would argue it starts to become a competitive advantage because it starts to influence the way fundamentally the business operates. Um, and to me, that's really exciting. Yeah, because, I completely agree, Cole. Yeah, yeah because it, it changes things, doesn't it? It changes the game. Yeah. And 
on the topic of changing the game, it leads me nicely into my next question. And this one's for you, Steve. Um, so you had the foresight to evolve your, your service offering at Sferica to put automation and integration, I would say, uh, in the middle of your, your offering, really, which is quite different to the way that a normal IT managed, managed service provider would do things. Um, and you did this pre-pandemic as well, so pre-COVID-19. So it wasn't COVID that forced you to do that. No. Um, so how would you say the appetite for automation and integration has shifted pre-pandemic in this new world that we now inhabit? Yeah, that, now that is a good question. <laughs> um, because we, um, so, so we felt, we heard, we sensed the buzz around automation, you know, several years ago. We, we sort of decided collectively that, that, that actually the, the technology has really sort of caught up and the tools and stuff that are available um, uh, made, uh, the, you know, things like automation. It isn't just about automation, it's just a product, uh, a, sorry, an end product of, 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 you know, having better tech in place a lot of the time. So that existed pre, pre-pandemic, I think. Uh, and it's starting to take off, I think, in, in certain areas. I think there's a, still, you know, uh, perhaps quite a bit of a misunderstanding of what, automation can do and it's such a broad subject it's a massive thing you know and it's not new is it you know i mean i think that's the one of the other things that we i've always said like automation isn't a new thing we've, we've been doing automation in one form or another uh, for for for, uh, for many years but the the tech that's available now i think is is potentially allows us to be transformational uh in the business process we just touched on I, but i think what the pandemic has done i mean you know, uh, I, I think in one 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 major area. So 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 prior to the pandemic, and this is still the case. I think people uh, and businesses and leaders look at things like automation, and think, well, this is the way to get ahead, right? This is a, to, to deliver a competitive advantage because we can do all those things we talked about. We can do it faster, better, more reliably, etc. But I think one of the things the pandemic uh, did was um, uh, uh, it, it it changed if not tore up a lot of uh, business continuity plans, right? I suspect, and, and I know this in some cases, um, that a lot of business continuity prior to the pandemic is based on systems. You know, what if this system goes down? What if that, uh, uh, what if that falls over, <coughs> et cetera, et cetera. I think where people are now potentially looking uh, for automation is almost in, in, in coming back to that assurance thing, that, that reliability. Can it keep my business up? Because the pandemic didn't just stop, didn't necessarily affect systems, it affected people. So we had physical restrictions, we couldn't go places, we couldn't travel. Um, you know, we, we couldn't go into certain buildings, um, you know, we couldn't leave the home, that kind of thing. And, and of course, we had stuff, you know, uh, uh, people unavailable, you know, even fairly recently, you know, with the pandemic and stuff like that, people, uh, uh, you know, just, just not being around and not able to work in a lot of cases. So any area where your business depended on sort of any physical interaction or, or you know sort of heavy lifting type stuff uh, um you know uh, came under real scrutiny and sort of you know gave a lot of businesses real problems so i think that the, one of the key areas uh, going forward and, and one of the things that's perhaps changed a little bit or refocused is around the area of business continuity and of course business continuity isn't just about keeping systems up it feeds out into your supply chain as well and i think one of the the things we will start to see, and you you, you do get this some, to some extent in business continuity planning anyway, but it, it strikes me as a little bit like you know the security standards ISO twenty seven thousand one uh, uh, GDPR those kind of things where you know uh, 
that we're not just looking at ourselves as a business, we're looking at our supply chain, yeah? So if you're part of somebody's supply chain, I think you'll start to get asked questions about how resilient are you, what, um, you know, how, how much uh, 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 manual effort, manual processes do you have that would be affected by something like a, a you know, a COVID-19 type pandemic going forward? And I think those of us that, 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 that are worried about these kind of things and, and want to be successful and, and, and don't want to be the weak link in anybody's supply chain uh, will refocus on, on things like sort of, you know, automation as a, as, as a way to be removing some of those uh, areas so that our businesses can keep running, keep delivering, and keep selling to our customers, can keep our customers happy, um, you know, whilst we may be uh, 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 short of staff and, 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 and not able to physically go to uh, certain places. I think that's a, a really, really good point, Steve. I, I just add a, an example from my area. Um, you know, when the pandemic started, uh, our smart cards are obviously physical, uh, physical things. So uh, testing wise, you've got a, you know, there's physical requirements to tap those against gates or ticket vending machines. Um, but of course, you know, that, that gets severely limited. So you, you instantly then have to start thinking about, right, well, how do I up my automation game in terms of uh, automated testing? Lots of, again, lots of tools out there that, that can help you. But, uh, you know, are, are businesses prepared for that? Do, do you have these tools already? And, you know, perhaps they're using them a little bit at the moment, but, you know, you've got to look at this worst case scenario that if you can't get access to those physical things, yeah. you know, automation can really help you there and certainly has helped us over the last 18 months. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I mean, you know, you, you know, talking about my business, uh, particularly uh, at Stuart, you know, the, 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 being an IT business and being a, almost a philosophy from day one, we would have worked from home type business and, 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 and you know, and, and use tech to, to, to do as much as, as we possibly could. So when the pandemic came, the, they all went to work from home without sort of, you know, missing a beat type thing. You know, I mean, it's very easy. But that does not, but, but even we had problems where normally we would go into customers and, and, and provide services such as tech hubs, this is in an IT context. Um, so we obviously were prevented from doing that. So it even affected our service. Now I, I would class this as a you know a high tech sort of very modern business. Um, so so when you look around the rest of the business world and, and you realize how difficult it must have been for a lot of businesses to you know to make that that transition and it's still going now, you know. So uh, and I think the example you just gave is, is absolutely spot on. And 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 I'm, like I say, I, I, I genuinely think this will be pushed down supply chains now, and some difficult questions will be asked of you as a business. Um, you know, in terms of your ability to to uh, uh, to automate and remove your reliance uh, or reduce your reliance on on uh, on human manual effort. Uh, you know, given the context of the last couple of years. Mm, very interesting, gents. So to to follow on from that, then you'd think that automation or, or integration or this new way of working should we call it is kind of uh top of the list at every boardroom right now or, or you'd think that but uh, i mean in my own experience at synaptic i think it's fair to say that it isn't always forthcoming that investment and why do we think that is what do we think are, i mean we've touched on these already a little bit what do we think the the barriers are that, that are preventing people from actually moving forward with this with this new way of working and uh stuart will come to you first this time yeah, as you say, I think we've, we've touched on elements of this, um, you know, automation, uh, I guess the questions are, what is it, where should I apply it? And I think you've got to really have a clear strategy around that before obviously going into boardrooms, because 
you know you've, you've got to know what you want to do and what it's going to achieve and have some level of confidence um, in the outcome will actually provide the benefits uh, that, that you're looking for and again making sure that you're not uh, looking to automate inefficient processes or where you've only got small gains um, so I think I think you've really got to get that um, message and strategy clear um, before obviously you, you can you can go for your investment case um, certainly um, one of the approaches I prefer is start small um, so, you know, where, where we've spoke earlier, where you know you've got a process that's inefficient and it's blindingly obvious to everybody. Um, but actually, if you want to make that one, you, you get a, you get a small, quick win. That then gives you some data, some evidence to, to, to uh, basically build your case for automation. Um, so I would always start there. Once you've proven it, great. You know, you'll get more attention, you'll get more buy-in and perhaps you'll get, you'll get more automation. Um, a, a great example from... Uh, what, what we did about a year ago, I had someone who, you know, the first 20 minutes every morning, logging onto the systems, checking that they're all okay, checking that messages are flowing, that the smart cards are working. Um, and literally every morning, if that person's not there, you need someone else to cover that. Um, you know, not a, not a great use of time, but also quite an obvious area where you can look at that and go, right, if I can get a, a monitoring tool um, that can send some automated emails, um, job done uh, and I can prove that and I can then use that to demonstrate uh, actually this is valuable elsewhere so it doesn't have to be some sort of super complicated you know massive end-to-end -end automation um, you can really focus it on something that you know is not working get it done relatively low investment get it done prove it and then you know I can very quickly work out the benefits of that that small one that we did it's time isn't it and that time can then be applied back into whatever you want um often you know more towards customer experience elements that's great advice Stuart and I think something from my own experience I'd lob into the mix is is the cross-functional nature of automation so your advice of start small is great it's within one team one department maybe but I think one of the problems I see a lot is Often, you know, let's talk joiners process at businesses involves you know, departments in most cases. And I think when we talk about automation, this new way of working is a bit of a, a game changer. Suddenly, you've got to work cross-functionally across all those departments. And often that role doesn't exist in a business. Well, it does. It's called the CIO. And he's pretty busy or she's pretty busy. So I think as, as companies and, and you know, we've, all, we've almost got to have these cross-functional relationships and have these cross-functional projects and start thinking of things end-to-end -end instead of in that sort of vertical, well, I'm HR, I'm sales, I'm IT, I'm whoever. So I think changing that mentality and changing that way of working is also something that some businesses naturally do anyway and are well-placed to, to do that. And other businesses, it's a massive change because that's people's mindsets that we're looking to change as opposed to just technology. Um, that's just... An example from me. What about you, Steve? What do you think? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to disagree with anything uh, that, that, that either of you have said um, because, and, and this maps to, to our own experience. What one thing I would probably add is, and and, and as a as a company that that like I say has this, uh, you know, uh, in in the context of IT because that's what we do, you know, this automation first ethos um, is. Uh, you know, I'm being very honest, it, we struggled initially ourselves to, to actually, you know, describe what we can do because we could do anything pretty much. 
and 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 that re and and while that might sound really great, oh, we can we can come in, we can do anything you want. Um, that isn't a a message that helps customers, and that isn't a message that if you you're inside a business, you want to be taken to uh, 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 to your boardroom uh, because um, you know that's. Uh, uh, that, that sort of aspirational type approach uh, without that sort of lack of clarity and focus uh, won't get you anywhere as as it didn't with us initially. We were having lots of conversation about automation, you know, and I think we were almost asking customers, well, we can do what you want type thing. Um, so, so I think that's one area where, why sometimes that the, the, the funding isn't there, uh, but but just, just sort of doubling down on, on what you guys were saying um, uh, that you know the the start small thing and, and is it, 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 imperative. I think I think you know I, I still think there's a lack of, lack of understanding of what automation does and what what it what it can do. Um, and and again, if if it's seen as just a thing, I, I'm not necessarily I don't think that's necessarily helpful. Um, it, it's it's you know automation is a, um, a should really be spoken about in terms of the benefits it can deliver. Um, automation is just a means of getting there, isn't it? You know, so if we talk about the the things we talked about earlier, the speed of it, the, the reliability, um, uh, you know, the ability to save money, to, to you know, uh, which we haven't really touched on, but can save real uh, uh, real cost, can can increase productivity, in, in even even in a marginal gain sense, you know, a, a percentage point here, half a percent there across different teams. So, extrapolated over a large business that that that, that again can, can be transformational um so so there's there's all there's all these things that, that, that we can do with automation and i think there is it, it is a it's, it's a great buzzword people want to do it people people understand the benefits but don't really know where to start um and after so i think the advice actually that you've both given and, and, and going back to Stuart's point about starting small and focusing on certain areas where you know there are issues you know, you will intrinsically know inside your business where um, the there are certain areas that would benefit from, in, uh, you know, uh, 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 from automation because, you know, you're looking at things that are repetitive and manual. Um, and, and and one of the other things I'd encourage organisations to do is is to, to almost try, try and develop a, a, a sort of positive culture around automation and its capabilities. I think there's a little bit of fear sometimes that, well, if I automate, you know, if I shout up and say I can automate this, you know, this piece of my job, where does my job go, right? Well, it, that very rarely is the case. What we're going back to, to, to the game, something Stuart said is, well, if you can take that thirty percent of your job that's just repetitive, laborious, you know what I mean, that uh, 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 labour intensive, and 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 then apply that thirty percent to something a bit more meaningful and. And useful to your business. Um, I would say that enhances your role, enhances the, your enjoyment of work, and and the way we go about our work, and 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 it's essentially a sort of, you know, a, a you know a win-win. But it does need strategy. It does need thinking about. And 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 Cole's point about this cross-functional thing, I think, is, is really important. He gave an example. It's one we always use in IT because. You know the joiners process because it typically not not just departments. It's sit from an IT perspective. It's it, you know it's systems, it's HR, it's finance, it's IT, um, and 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 you know it, and it, and that can be problematic in terms of not just the the the, the cross functional sort of uh, you know who worries about those type of things outside of the silos of, of, of different business departments, but also from from the cost. So so you know. If 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 you're if 
if all you're thinking about doing is 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 automating your joins process, um, do you know what? It's probably going to cost uh, uh, not an insignificant amount of money to to set up the tech and the, and and the and the platforms. IPAS springs to mind to to integrate these these different systems together. That requires an investment, and if all you've got to show for it, or you go to your board and you've got a joiners process to show for it, you're probably going to get choked out. Yeah. So you then need to actually, you know, we can start small and then expand and and show the benefits of of of, of in in each individual de- department, and then you know, the, to Cole's point, this is where the CIO role really comes in. Um, I think we've got a much better chance then of, of 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 starting to to you know to to to, to loosen budgets a little bit and and see um, you know the required investment applied to to some of this technology and, and automation because let's be on no doubt it has you know the the whole sort of you know the word transformational and transform and stuff like that. it is overused and it's overused by us in IT to be fair um, but this really does automation done well done strategically does have the, uh, the power to, to absolutely transform a business and also our working lives. And that's a big deal these days, right? Well, it is for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd add to that. I'd, I'd take Stuart's start small and I'd add think big. So start small. If you take your joiners process example, Steve, um, you know, like you said, if you went to the board and said, I've just done the joiners process, you, you probably it's not going to go down too well, but if you said I've done the joiners process, which means I've hooked up these several platforms to our sort of data pipeline, as it were, which then enables us to do all these other business processes exactly. off the back of it. That's exactly cool. yeah. that's that's where it becomes a, a big deal, doesn't it? And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you've yeah. got to play then. You've got a business case, mm-hmm. then, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and, and 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 you know that that that's the way it needs to be approached. So uh, one uh, last uh, question. I'm oh, sorry, Stuart. Go on. Sorry, yeah, no. I was just going to come in and say, um, you know. The bits that you can automate, um, I think, Steve, you know, put a number out there, 30%. But that's that's 30% of people's time that they're not having to always look in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, if you're automating your monitoring, automating that, we said at the start of the call, we've got to get a bit faster to keep up with the customer expectations here. Um, you know, the, the, the growth in digitization, the expectations from services, no matter what they are, is just growing and growing. So the, the way I look at that sort of 30% automation is great. That's 30% that I can actually spend on developing the service, looking at what's next uh, and trying to get ahead of the game in that element. And of course, as part of that, using the learning from the automation, build in and design automation into the next things that are coming along. Um, with that, you know, hopefully extra time that we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so very mindful of time, just a, a quick fire last question. Uh, we'll come to you first, Stuart, on this one. So what would you say we need to do differently, um, you know, in industry, in our relevant industries, to drive that short-term investment to get that long-term gains that we're, we're just describing? What advice would you give to people as, to go on that journey as such? You, you've got to have your, you've got to be clear on what your objectives are. So what are you trying to achieve? Uh, normally, you know, in the, in the industry I'm in, it starts with, you know, what's the customer impact? What are you trying to do? Um, I think we've mentioned processes. You rarely start out a project with the, the objective of um, I'm going to fix a process. That's, that's not where you, you're coming from. It's, it's customer benefit. It's change. It's, you know, um, the efficiencies. Have a look at all those now. Almost certainly automation. Um, once you're clear on what you want to achieve, we'll be able to assist either all of the elements or some of the elements of that. 
but start with those, start with what your, your, your strategy is, start with your plan and, and what you want to achieve. And then no doubt automation will form a key part of that. Then I would suggest yeah. you just look into that more, you know, bearing in mind what automation can offer now. Make sure you do understand which elements uh, automation can help with and take it from there. Good advice. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? Oh, well, I, I, I think the, you know, it, 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 it is that we've used the strategy word a few times because it is always so important is it to have some some kind of uh, a, a direction yeah uh, so that we don't end up spending a load of money and floundering and 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 um you know uh, uh throwing good money after bad and stuff like that so i i'd, I'd use um spherica as an example simply because i know spherica because um because i'm the md um but um it's automation to us and the, and, and the automated IT services that we talk about is actually part of uh, uh, the, the vision we have for our business and the growth of our business. Yeah, So we feel like it's fundamental to us to be able to compete in the world that, that, that we operate in. It's a highly competitive world, that of uh, IT money service providers, lots of them around of all shapes and sizes. Um, and, 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 and many of them deliver IT services to a, you know, a, a model that, that, that has been around for, uh, uh, for many years. And in many cases, and in, I would say in, in almost all cases, it revolves around people. Yeah. It, it, it's very much a, a sort of people business. Um, so, so automation to us isn't just a thing. It's actually fundamental to our strategy for company growth. And this is what I would encourage organizations to actually the way in which to view automation as to what it can actually deliver to the business to, to get to get you ahead. That, that's really uh, what Spherica is looking to do. So we believe that, that we can deliver our IT services quicker, faster, better, all the great things you can do with automation. But what it also uh, allows us to do is to, you know, uh, take uh, 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 some of the people that, that we might have doing, you know, standard, again, and this is an IT context, standard IT service requests that, you know, they could almost do in their sleep, but they have to do 20 of them a day and have to do the same things. And we could take them out, reduce the cost. So we don't need a person to do that. We can deploy them in, a, in an area of their business where um, uh, uh, they have much more value. And, and it allows us that. So, so it's better for them. You know, they're not doing a, a laborious IT job. And some of them are, um, to, uh, to be fair. Um, but they are, it gives Spherica the ability then to, to, to create its own cost model around IT services. Yeah. Um, and, and to really, there's a, there's a phrase that we've come across recently about, you know, commoditized IT services, that those, those things that are just, you know, well viewed as a commodity, but you still need somebody to deliver them. And whenever you've got a human, uh, you know, a person uh, to, to, uh, to deliver those services, you've got potentially somebody who, who, who you will struggle to keep motivated if, if the job is that boring, just, you know, manual repetitive. Um, but, you know, who we've seen you know especially with the the, the pandemic uh, maybe off sick they need holidays they need all those things um so so if we can actually uh, uh, focus our people on 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 the really important stuff of, of of our services which is actually fixing tough problems and and and, and thinking about improvements and service improvements and where the service goes next that's a much better deal that we're offering to our customers and we think automation is a fundamental part of that so that's a very long-winded way of saying automation is key to our, our strategy going forward. It's not just a thing that we do. Oh, that's brilliant. And thank you both uh, for that, that great advice. Um, so to wrap up, 
I think it's fair to say that we've painted the picture of um, we need to think about these this digital transformation strategy, which, as Steve said, is overused uh, in the tech industry. But, but as Stuart boiled it down to very well, think about what it is we're actually trying to achieve in the first place. What are the key benefits? What is it we're trying to get out of this whole way of working? Um, look at the technology and the, the strategies uh, to benefit. Um, and then, you know, automation just becomes one of the many tools in the kit to yeah. deliver that customer experience. Um, that sounds big and scary, but as Stuart said, you know, start small and as I added, but think big and see where it takes you. I view this personally as a competitive advantage. You get some of this right within your business and you can deliver that Amazon-like experience that we're all striving for, that customers expect us to deliver. So uh, if you're not doing it, I guarantee your competitors either doing it or thinking about it. So um, it might be time to, to get the drawing board out and have a think. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, Stuart and Steve, it's been great. Lovely to speak to you and thank you very much. Me too, pleasure, thank you. Thanks, thanks Carl. Join us next time uh, for our automation conversations and we'll sp speak to you very soon. Thank you very much, everybody. For more information and inspiration on getting your automation strategy right, download our free automation success kit at sferica.co.uk slash resources.